Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? This is Stephen Michael from the Grown Up Rock Podcast. When I'm not texting insults back and forth with the two idiots known as Tom and Zeus, and I need a little something to pick me up, I turn on and turn up the Shout It Out Loudcast because I can't sleep at night without knowing how Paul Stanley came up with those clever lyrics to Love Gun. Now, crank it up. Kiss Army, Tom and Zeus. I'm shouting out loud, Cass. 2020, Tom. We're up to season two. Right? Season two. We made it to two seasons. Episode 52, aptly titled Kiss. Starting off the new year, right? Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you too. It's it's season two, Electric Boogaloo. That's right. Um, <laughs> and it's always funny because anytime I want to find up something for the Kiss the debut album, like I, yeah. I'm always like, how do you do? You, you can't find it as a Kiss because then you get a million articles on Kiss. So I think maybe we'll change that. We'll call this Kiss debut album. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Oof. Yeah, I, I, know, I know that's the thing that stinks about searching for a band name named Kiss. <laughs> Anytime yeah. you try to research or look up anything. Yeah, and then you get all sorts of freakish shit. Oh, God. <laughs> Pictures of Paul Stanley. <laughs> so it's Anyways. New Year's. So, so, so any New Year's resolutions? Um, Like everybody else, drop a few pounds. Um, um I don't know. Maybe... Uh, 
maybe uh, get the podcast up and running a little harder and faster and stronger. Uh, what else? Um, How much harder, faster, and stronger can we go? Are we, talk- are we still talking about a podcast here? Harder, uh, faster, stronger. Um, no, talking about? I was talking about uh, 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 Nita Strauss that we were talking about on the fucking oh. text exchange <laughs> with the guys. In my mind went to that. Oh, um, God. Somebody all of a sudden it was a Nia Strauss uh, pitcher who could post the fastest pitches of her. Oh, this is her bending over playing the guitar. Oh, this is her with the guitar between her legs. Well, this is her working out with the guitar like on her lips. Like it was like what the fuck? Those pervs over at Potter Than Hell, Grown Up Rock, and our good friend who the fuck is Sonny Pooney, um, and and also. The new Murph Cratchit that is uh, jumped on this text exchange are are insane. We had at one point I was on a phone conversation today for twenty minutes. I got off. I had seventy missed texts yep. on a twenty minute conversation with somebody, and all right of them now? were and all of them were as stupid as the next one. <laughs> right now I have hundred and twelve texts, and it's still going off. Because those assholes know that we are recording and they yep. just love to talk about dumb shit. <laughs> That's right. But we love them. We love them. Hey, well, you're going to come here and watch, uh, uh, come with us on the cruise, the Monsters of Rock cruise, and, you know, no. uh, hang up Sonny's smelly, dirty socks next to your bed, and uh, you can crash next to Stephen Michael's ass. I mean, <laughs> I mean the stuff that they go on about here, huh? Dude. First of all, I don't want to go on a cruise with my wife. I am not going on a cruise with you friggin' hooligans. But no you way. don't want to go see the reunited Bullet Boys or fucking Pretty Boy Floyd? I think the I think fucking sleazebees are be handling the baggage for us. <laughs> that fucking lineup makes Vinnie Vincent look like fucking. No, there's uh, no this Van Halen band. in the prime. No, there's some good bands on there. There are some good bands. It, w- it would be good, but uh, I'm uh-huh. all set. I'm, I'm all set. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so but I. any anyways. So no New Year's resolutions. You're not, you're not gonna be nicer to the unemployed painter. You're not gonna be nicer to Vinnie well, Vincent. As far as Kiss is concerned. No, I'd like to be a little bit more positive, but give me something to be positive about. I was just gonna say that. We're off to a good start with David Lee Roth replacing the unemployed painter. Yep. So maybe they shock us with the, and we're going to find out first. That's right. With the set list. Maybe they shock us. We'll be there in Manchester when they come back in February. Yeah, that is cool. We're going to be the first people to see David Lee Roth because they kick off the U.S. leg uh, February 1st, less than a month from now. Yep. Maybe there'll be some fat ladies from Buffalo on Ooh, Buffalo. Lady, ladies <laughs> night ladies night in Buffalo. Ooh. <laughs> Could you imagine what lady night in Buffalo looks like? Ooh. Look like the fucking linebackers of the uh 1980s Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Ooh. Oh man. <laughs> I I saw, I told I told somebody from work today that I was going to see Kissing because we always talk about concerts and bands. He's he's a big Iron Maiden fan. And uh, he knows I make fun of. Uh, he knows I like Kiss. He always makes fun of me and everything. And I said, uh, "He thinks you're a jerk." Yeah, he thinks I'm a jerk because I like Kiss. <laughs> so I told him that David Lee Roth was open up. He's like, 
David Lee Roth? He's still around? Like, what is he going to do? I'm like, I don't, I have no idea. Nobody knows. What's he going to do? He's going to juggle. What's he going to do? He's going to perform, you fucking he's, asshole. He's going to get up there and juggle and go, bit a bit, bit, bit. <laughs> Diggly bop, billy bop, whatever that song is, like just the jiggle. What's that thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Ooh, man. breath means your lips are so close. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna perform that skit instead yeah. of perform music. <laughs> hey, forget about it, Dave. Um, Not in my store, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my store, you don't. <laughs> Um. Anyways, oh. let's get back to the subject at hand. Any news in Kiss World? Uh. Well, Kiss. So we're recording January second, two thousand twenty. Kiss rang in the new year in Japan with their friend Yoshiki again. Um. Yep. So they celebrated that. Uh. I guess they did. You know what? It was. I guess it was some kind of. You know, some kind of version of like New Year's Rock and Eve, the, something that they mm-hmm. do over in Japan. So they did that. Um, other than that, you know, kind of quiet, you know, still performing, no changes to the set list. The last I saw, I think Do You Love Me is still in the encore. We talked about that, I think, last yeah. episode. Um, but no, with the band, no, but Gene put himself out there today on social media. What, you don't like putting ice cubes in your cereal? He, that's fucking demented. That, that is not a normal human thing to do. Does like your milk get like so warm or something like when you eat cereal that you need to put ice cubes in it? So the picture that he tweeted out, it had his bowl of cereal and then it had like a bo- the box and it was like first of all he was eating like Oreo cookie cereal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the funny thing is that the official Oreo Twitter page retweeted his thing <laughs> and like was making fun of him for putting freaking ice cubes in his. I'm like. I don't know, Gene. He's f- just a fucking crazy old man. He, he, they should be making fun of him putting Oreo cookie cereal in that bowl. That's part of the problem, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So other than that, it's been kind of quiet a little bit. Yeah. Um, what did we put up for last our polls? We talked about so, episodes, I think, of last year. What was our fate? What were people's favorite episodes from last year? Oh yeah, and somebody was funny on Twitter. Somebody said. Uh, let me see if I can, let me see if I can pull it up here. Cause it was a holiday. It was a holiday week. So, you know, the, the, the voting was a little bit down, but that's okay. We still love the people that did vote. So on Twitter and Facebook, the kiss jeopardy with, uh, Sonny and, and, uh, Chris Sinzak won yep. and somebody, okay. It's uh Stanley lives for you on Twitter. He goes, Somebody needs to tell Jericho that he lost out to who the fuck is Sonny Pooty. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the Jeopardy was the uh, was the big winner, which, man, we, we can't even get a high, high a high price celebrity like Jericho to beat that out. Yeah, we got to get um, we got to rig the next Jeopardy guy that comes on with us and gets an oh, idiot. God. We need to play like kiss shoots and ladders or something like some fucking <laughs> some fucking kids game. We need to play a game where you have to wear a helmet. <laughs> Not because it's physical activity, but just because. Oh, God. Take a short bus to the playing field. Oh, see, now oh. you're going to offend all our special needs listeners. <laughs> and we have plenty of them. 
I think we do with all because due some respect. of these things, uh, maybe once a week, would you say that we contact each other and we say, is this peer, is this person like, is this person got a problem? Or is this real? Or is this person like, <laughs> they shouldn't say anything? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll screen, we'll screenshot something and be like, can you read this? Is it, am I reading this the right way? <laughs> is this in English? Is this person can't read oh, so I know I'm excited. I hope you are. We've been talking about um, doing an album review for a, a bit, and we wanted to hold it off and open up season two with this. And we've been kind of doing like Kiss topics and stuff like that. But now we're back to the Kiss the music. And so I'm pumped. And we're doing the debut album, which I don't know. I'm excited. What about you? Yeah, no, I I agree. Like you said, getting back to the, the to the to the music. Not that we don't love the topics that we've done the past couple weeks, months, whatever. They've been super fun and different. But you know, getting back to the music is what we love. And you know, I was you know thinking about this album, and I think this is this may be maybe the only review that we're going to do that is going to be kind of universally loved and liked i mean like it, you know it's not oh the music at least not our podcast well right <laughs> but but like it's not unmasked it's not you know psycho circus it's not um you know an, you know the gene simmons solo album you know it's the debut album mm-hmm. and uh it's gonna be it's, a, it's gonna be it'll be a fun one for sure yeah so you ready to dive in let's get going all right so kiss the debut album you know, we're going to stick to really the album. There's There will be episodes that we do when we talk about, you know, 1973, Wicked Lester, yep. or 1974, what they did, where do they perform. Then they opened up here, and then they met Bill. Like, we're not going down all that stuff. We're talking specifically about this album and the music. So we know that the album was released in... Um, February 8th, 1974. Now, obviously, these songs weren't all done around that time. Some were earl- earlier. Some were old Wicked Lester songs that were left around. Yep. Some were off those that five-track demo that they did with Eddie Kramer. Yep. But, you know, in the end, they brought these 10 songs, and these 10 songs made the album. Um, The producers, Tom... Yep, so it's produced by Richie Wise and Kenny Kerner, who were kind of new to the game, um, you know, but back, you know, new band, um, you know, kind of new environment for everybody. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of the commentary by the band members. Um, yep. But, you know, you got Bill O'Coin managing the band. You got Joyce Bogar co-managing the band. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, you, you, everybody was new at this, you know, at the time. Um, and, and so and, was Casablanca. Exactly. Right. And I, I think it's a pretty kick-ass debut for, you had a bunch of people that were kind of new at what they were doing. Yeah. And so they recorded this at Bell Sound Studios in New York. Yep. Which was owned by Buddha Records, which basically was, I think, where Neil Bogart got his start and left to open up Casablanca Records. And um, so used that place. They had the two producers richie wise kenny kerner and um you know they uh take the the 
the Wicked Lester songs kiss them up, if you might say. Yep. Added a few. And um, out came this, what I would call classic masterpiece album. Oh, yeah. And it's right? funny because, you know, the producers, were, you know, Kenny Kerner and more so, you know, Richie Wise had, you know, some interesting things to say about the band, about their abilities as performers, both, you know, musicians and, you know, you know, being able to produce them and stuff. Um, but I think before we get into, you know, some of like the real deep background stuff, let's back up for a quick second and kind of do what we do when we do our album reviews, which is, you know, our, our history with the album, our exposure with the album, you know, your, your initial experiences with the debut album. Can, what do you have for that when you think of that? Well, um, I remember circling back to the debut album after I got back into Kiss in the early 80s. And um, Strutter, I'm, I was familiar with. Um, Firehouse, a little familiar with. 100,000 Years. Wasn't that familiar in Cold Gin? But when I first started really listening to the whole album, I fell in love with the songs that are not on every single compilation. And to me, those are the ones that, you know, have some sentimental value to them. But, you know, I I look at the album and I remember thinking and looking at this going, what the fuck is up with their makeup? Oh, God, yeah. So... You know, I, I think I circled back to this album, like I said, in the 80s and, you know, never looked back. It's just right then at that point, I was already into Kiss. And so I, um, you know, I, I circled, I went right to the tracks that I didn't know that weren't on the, think about this album that weren't on 20 compilations. Yeah. Yeah. With me, with this album, I, the actual debut album, I was exposed to a lot of these songs off when I got double platinum. But I got double platinum when I was like six years old. So I just, I didn't know anything. And then my real love for the band was the Love Gun Alive 2 era. So coming back to this album, I remember remember getting it. I was like, holy shit, all of these songs pretty much are on double platinum. Um, You know, and, you you know, you you just look at the track listing. I mean, it's like, it's a friggin' greatest hits album for the most part. You know, I mean, almost all of these songs are kind of still played to this day. Maybe not yeah. all of them right now, but, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think we, I think our experience are the same. I don't think we did. No one, our age, I'm pretty sure started with the debut album when it came to no, Kiss. no. Well, maybe I did because my well, brother told me about it and I, you know, I, I, I was into them, you know, and back then when I was into, uh, you know, Ted Nugent and a couple other bands. I got a couple posters, uh, you know, alternative, uh, alternate shots, you know, makeup looks a little different. couple, uh, you know, those posters are good. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Great story. Pat you on self on the back a little more. God love it. Uh, bless you, babe. God bless you. Wish you luck in the future. <laughs> See you later. Poster child. Um, anyways. So yeah, I mean, that's my first inter- in, um, interaction with it. Nothing spectacular. It came later on. It wasn't the first. It wasn't the last. You know, it was somewhere in the middle. Yep. Yep. So. And what do you want? And let's talk about uh, the cover, the front, the back, the inside, whatever we got. Yeah. I think, I, I think this cover is extremely unique for um, multiple reasons. Yeah. Um, 
Peter's makeup is the first thing that sticks out to me. Absolutely. It's a fucking mess. It's a total disaster. The story goes that the other guys, as usual, did their makeup. For some reason, Peter took the professional that was there on call there and said, yeah, you can do my makeup. And what the fuck came out was that? Brutal. His Uh, fucking, his his whiskers in the eyes are just horrible. Horrible. And, um, and Gene's eye makeup, you could see how, like, you can see how they were new with this because you look at um, you look at his eyes on the debut album, and then you look a few albums later. It's very very different. Um, Ace has the spray painted silver hair, which I think actually looks pretty. <laughs> I actually think it actually looks pretty kick ass. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul uh, Gene has like the little silver scarf. You know, kind of looks like an old lady. <laughs> um, but you know, they were kind of going for that Meet the Beatles four headshot type of appearance thing. Yeah, um, definitely. I think they kind of nailed it. You know, I mean, it's, I like the album cover, but I feel like, I feel like, I feel like the, the shot that we get on the cover of a live is something that they should, they should have used like a, like a band performance photo for their debut album. But I don't know. This is, this is eye catching for sure. I just don't understand why the band or somebody be like, dude, this is your first album. Let's take our time. What the fuck are you doing with this makeup? Like you're changing everything. Let's go right. back. You know, oh, we already got the photographer. Like, I don't care. Fix it. No, you know, I, I agree. Stand the test of time. And anyways, you know, the album itself, I love that they have the big logo in the background. I love oh. that it's still kind of, you know, a little red, but silver and black. Yep. Um, Sparkling. Inside is always funny because I always like to look at weird shit that's in there. In the middle here, it says, where's Drago? Yeah. I don't what know. Is he's, in, he's in Rocky Four. What do you mean, where is he? <laughs> yeah. What, he's, in, what is, he's in Creed too. <laughs> yo, I, I wish we had some insider. Maybe there's somebody out there that could message us and tell us exactly what that is. Yeah. There's just always some quirky stuff in there. And, you know. What, you, it, you mean like you mean like the firehouse fire engine driven by the magnificent <laughs> Eddie Salon? Is that Fireman Ed from the Jets? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So I find that you know it's it's interesting. At the end of the episode, we'll go over and we'll rank you know compared to the other albums we've done so far. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. So yep. you ready to go by tracks, or do we? Well, hold on a sec. Before we finish, we still got to say the photo was done by I think the guy's name was Joel Brodsky. Yes. Um, Bill Bradsky. <laughs> the album is gold certified. Obviously, yep. it's probably gone past way past that. Yep. Um, we talked about it being recorded at Bell Sound Studios. The release party they did for this album, they had like a Casablanca theme. Oh, that's hilarious. And, you read about that. They had like yeah. cam- they had like camels and like a guy dressed as Humphrey Bogart and like Yeah. And at the time Casablanca was like a subsidiary, I think, of Warner Brothers. Yep. And they're like, what the fuck is this shit? Get those guys out of that makeup. Yep. And the band stood firm along with uh Bill and the band. They're like, fuck you. Yeah. And eventually Warner Brothers released Casablanca and like, get out of here. Yep. We're done with this shit. But I found a, that stuff to be pretty fascinating. Oh yeah, and there's a good urban legend that's kind of put to rest here. So the the um the photographer like you mentioned Joel Brodsky. Yeah. Apparently there was a story out there where he thought that they were clowns and he wanted them to <laughs> hold balloons. <laughs> <laughs> he goes 
He's like, the story about me wanting to put balloons behind them, thinking they were circus clowns, is not true. He said, I'm still proud of that album cover. Um, but like I said earlier, Richie Wise had some interesting comments. Um, he said that... <laughs> This is awful. He goes, in hindsight, Peter Chris was pretty terrible. <laughs> At the time, I thought he was okay. He's like, the, the group didn't have a rock drum groove. Peter was a good guy. I remember liking him. In hindsight, he was very lucky to have been in that band. Ooh, yikes. Does, he, does that guy work for Paul? Yeah, no shit. I know. Yeah, I um, saw something earlier. They were talking about him having pitch problems. He couldn't hit. Yep. And so... Sometimes yep. when they let go is better for Peter because they don't have to worry about that shit. Ah, yep. What? Yep. Stop shitting on my Peter. I, I, I'm just I'm just reading what I see. I know. I, I, I know. I know. I know. Pricks. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So, ready to start? Yep. But before we do that, let's take a quick break while I go think about the back door. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. We're sorry to have taken so long. Must have been a bitch while we were gone. (laughs) (laughs) And interesting, our little break music Mm -hmm. is, yep, we'll talk about that. Love love theme from Shout It Out Loudcast. That's right, exactly right. Yep. That's what I thought it was. That's they won't. That's they won't. That's right. So, all right. They open up with Betrayed. (laughs) 
I know, I know. Here it is. That was Strutter. What do you think when you hear Strutter? Um, honestly, it's one of. Now I will say it's. Uh, I will refer to Disco Strutter, because Strutter '78 is the first song on Double Platinum. Yep. And Double Platinum was the first Kiss album that I bought or got as a, I got Love Gun from my cousin. When I hear Strutter, it it's just. I'm like, I'm sure there's a lot of kiss fans out there. You just get this massive wave of nostalgia. When you hear that first opening beat to that song, I still love it to this day. I wish they would play it. Um, it's just, it's just a terrific song. Okay. So here's the, what I think of strutter. This is not the strutter. I grew up on. I grew up on disco strutter. Yep. So I remember when I got back, circled back into kiss and got into kiss the debut album. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I know. Yeah. Holy New York accent. I know. She only make you cry. Like, right? That's very evident. Um, The song comes as Paul (laughs) rewrote lyrics to, yes, this was actually called Stanley the Parrot. Gene's song. Do you want me to play a quick clip of that? Since it came from this, it's a kiss thing. So let's let's hear a quick clip of Stanley the Parrot. song and change it and somehow that song became strutter you can hear some of it in there but yeah yeah we're a new god yeah we're a new band here's our new song stanley the parrot (laughs) (laughs) and i love too how i love too how how, um paul paul just we get we get we get we're getting a lot of information from the box set booklet from behind the mask book paul i like his honesty just blatantly just He's like, yeah, I just ripped it off and changed the lyrics. He's like, it's a, a tip of the hat to a Bob Dylan song called Just Like a Woman. When yeah. Bob Dylan says she makes love just like a woman, but she breaks just like a little girl. In Strutter, you get she gets her satins like a lady. She gets her way just like a child. 
musically, the song came quickly. Yeah, because you ripped half of it off, Paul. But that's okay. Yeah. But when I hear those lyrics, she's like, she's like, I'm thinking that she's, uh, she's a woman to me by Billy Joel. When I hear lyrics like that, as you were saying those aloud, well, I always think so I wonder. I think if she's a lady by Tom Jones, <laughs> she's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I just you know that's where my mind went when I hear lyrics like that. Um, I know a couple facts about the, uh, this. It was in Grand Theft Auto. I know that because I played it. Yep. Um, I know Extreme covered it for Kiss My Ass. I know you like that. Oh, I uh, love that. That's a great version. And the Donnas did it on uh, the soundtrack to DRC, to which, is, which is also a very cool version. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Paul claims that this song has a very stonesy kind of feel. And I can kind of see what he's talking about. It's not a hard rock crazy, like, yeah, I'm fucking here, Strutter. It's not a ballad. No. But it's a good song. It's a good, like, decent rock song. I can see that stones, that bluesy stonesy like early 70s like stonesy kind of era stuff i i i like I, mean, I love this song it's one of my favorites for sure yeah and it was obviously on the demo that they did with eddie kramer peter says it's the one of the best rock songs ever written peter says these nice things about you paul jesus be nice yeah, um, ex- except for when he's calling everybody a fucko <laughs> This is when the band was a trio, so Ace wasn't even in the band at that time. Right. And, um, you know, the only thing I can think of is I I also want to add in, as far as the song goes, you know, I like the solo, and I like the outro. I think they're pretty solid. Yep. The guitar solo is pretty solid on this. And I would say that this song is on at least 15 to 16, 17 compilation albums. Oh God! Yeah, and we could have say this about everything here. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much half the album is on every compilation. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, you ready to talk about some anal sex? Oh, it's my favorite. Wait, it, wait, did I? That came out wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hear about it. Nothing to lose. The first kiss single. Um, oh, Strata was the third single that yep. failed to chart. Yeah. Uh, this single also failed to chart. Uh, the first single by Kiss. Um, and the love love theme was, I think, uh, side B on that. 
um, the first duet on the yep. Kiss album too, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and so obviously we all know the story. It's about Gene singing a song about coercing his girlfriend into anal sex and her liking it. I always said, I think that Gene may have fallen ass backwards into this song. Like, did he really mean that? Was that what he was really talking about? Um, what else could he be talking? What else could he be talking about? Because I have, there's another song coming up a little bit later. He's like, Oh, I don't even know what I wrote about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe. I mean, everyone uses that expression at, you know, the back door as being like sleazy and, yeah. Going through, you know, whatever. But he says that's about all right, fine, let's take it. Um first duet, first to have an extra play on a kiss album. Yep. Bruce Foster plays the piano in the first introduction of the fifth member of KISS, Rolf. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Um it's the one complaint I have with this song. Is oh, I really? don't, you don't yeah like I I don't like the piano because it gives it it gives it a groove that I don't I don't I just don't like I I don't want to hear from I don't want to hear so, from, I don't want to hear that from Kiss okay. I love the song my all time favorite version of it and I'm sure a lot of people are going to agree is the unplugged version yep um I I don't like the chorus with the piano it just doesn't sound like Kiss yeah so here's what I would say about that. This is why when I first heard this and got back into Kiss, I was like, this has got to be a cover of the piano. It sounds like a classic rock song from the 50s and 60s. Like, you know, you got got a little Beatles thing. Yeah. And so they even say that they put in a little bit of a um, Jerry Lee Lewis uh, piano into it. And it's not a keyboard. It's a piano. You can tell the difference. And that. That he goes and you got got. I actually like it. I think it works. I like how they discuss like shit. If we put a piano in, how who's gonna bring a piano on stage? When are we gonna do that? Like we don't have piano. Like we don't have a piano player. But they just went along with it, and obviously became a very big staple, right? Live staple. Oh yeah, setless. Um, it was on their first concert they did the ABC in concert they did in seventy four. Of this firehouse in Black Diamond. Um, this is know. a song to me. This is one of the so- there's a, a lot of songs on this album that you can say this about, but this one in particular for me, where I think the live version is just light years ahead of the studio mm-hmm. version, mm-hmm. and it's based on some Little Richard song about nothing to lose. Why don't you try this? Yep. Um, you know, Gene suggested Pete sing the song too, Peter, and. And Peter likes to say, I thought my vocals brought some soul into that song. It did. It, it did. did. That chorus That's reaching and that. Oh, my God. That chorus with the piano and with Peter's uh, lyrics. It, it's per. It, 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 it's perfect. I like I said, I'm not crazy about the piano, but it, it, it fits. It, it works for them. Um, I could go on about nothing, nothing to lose. Uh, be, I love this song and stay tuned to when we do the ranking. But this song and just the way Peter does it, and I have said this before on this podcast, God bless them. There's certain songs that Eric will do, Eric Carr, rest in peace, did too. They're fine. They're passable and they're doable. They're just not the same without Peter doing it. 
I don't care who they put in. It's not the same without Peter singing this song. Oh, I totally agree. It's not even close. Yeah. So. All right. Woo. Get the firehouse, Tommy. Gene's ass set the fucking house on fire. Nice. One of my all-time favorite songs. The studio version. Really? Yes. The studio version. I, I know some people complain about it because it's a lot. It's really, really slow compared to the version on a live. I get that. I, I don't know. I've always just loved this groove. I love Paul's vocals. Um, I, I like the little uh, guitar solo in the middle. It, it's just a... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a really cool song. And then who doesn't love the live version with the siren, Paul wearing the uh, the fire helmet there? It's, I love it. And you like that the band Firehouse took their name from this song? Yeah, I know. I saw that, too. I still need somebody to confirm that fact. Why didn't they just call themselves Firehouse? It could be just that. You know? uh, exactly. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody so the- come out there and confirm or deny that fact. But we did read that as well. Yeah, so this one also is the beginning of when Gene would do the fire breathing and yep, and the sirens and everything else. And we all know I'm a sucker for sirens. Um, this song is one of the most played songs, though it's not on the end of the road. I know. I'm shocked. It's uh, funny too. You br- you bring that up because you you say you know this is the end of the road. They're trying to do the the fan service stuff. Why not do? Why not do this? Have Paul with the hat in the side. Like that's, that's classic kiss alive stuff. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, Paul wrote this when he was in high school, he used to listen to British music on the radio and he heard a song by a band called the move. 
called yep. Fire Brigade. And because he couldn't buy those obscure British b- albums, he's like, let me just listen to it. And he goes, I just took the song and the title and changed it. Basically, instead of, you know, get the fire brigade was get the firehouse and changed the words around and did it in his image. Why not? Um, it works. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what they played in ABC concert, like we talked about, and the Mike Douglas show. Yep. Right? Yep. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Hey, love it. Van Halen used to cover it when they started out. Really? How oh, awesome would that have sounded? I did not know that. Yep. Yeah. How cool would that have been? Early awesome. Van Halen doing Firehouse. I think they, I think, I think one of the reasons they might not be playing this on the end of the road is they probably was like, we can't front load the whole debut album on the set list, but they could, they could have, and I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Along with the future episode title we're going to do. This is one of those that the live version, and you'll find that a lot with these earlier songs, you get used to the live version and it blows away the other versions. But I do love, I do love the slow down studio version. It's just a, it's just a cool, slow groove and, and Paul's lyrics kind of carry it. I like it. One thing about this is though, we also, when we did our duet or multi vocalist, we added this after the fact, because we were confused. This has Paul. And then all of a sudden you're listening like that's Gene. It's when they do the layered vocals. Yeah. And then Gene comes up on top. Yep. Um, I love that. Anytime you hear like back and forth and you're wondering, I love that shit. Yep. So we're up to track four and uh, my heater's broke. tired i'm kind of tired of this song <laughs> i mean we all we all we all love it uh it's got one of the most iconic guitar riffs and all of you know classic rock hard rock I, I, it's just one of those songs and it pains me to say that i it's just a song that i just don't need to hear again and i know it's on the end of the road tour and it's just kind of a plodding along for me when they play it live I don't know. I, I know that's blasphemy to some people out there, but I don't know. The one thing I think about is like, is there really somebody that craves 
gin to just drink straight gin cold or something like what the fuck is that oh well ace said he wrote it in a subway (laughs) he said i had a spiral notebook i can write songs in my head and i know what the chords are i never took a guitar lesson nobody (laughs) believes that no No, we all believe that (laughs) (laughs) that's funny and then he ends up doing a cover of that on origins and obviously we all know the story this is an ace written lyric um and you know song excuse me and he was too shy to sing so he wanted gene to sing it so yep. gene did it even though gene is never and has never drank alcohol at least that i know of uh except i think he drank once at his wedding maybe he had champagne or something but long yeah. story short is gene's not a drinker right um and uh this is like uh, is on top 10 lists all over the place for one of the best drinking songs of all time. Yeah, I, it's uh, according to uh what was it? Ultimate Classic Rock or one of those things it was named the 7th best drinking song of all time. Guitar World. That's it. I'm sorry, Guitar World. That's what I was going to say. Yep. On liquor.com and 32 on timeout.com. Oh god. Uh, yeah, he said it was inspired by Fire and Water. Um by free um, And uh, basically Gene said he wrote the bridge But turned down the writing Credit um, There was a second guitar solo On the demo that they cut out I personally I know it's kind of tough But I love the guitar solo Oh absolutely yeah I, I mean it's, it's a, a great song But when I listen to it specifically now For this episode from the Original you know, debut album. I liked it again. And remembered why I liked it. Yeah, I think this is one of those songs. Again, we're gonna we're gonna well, at least me, we're gonna kind of go back and forth. And you know, we don't want to spoil it too much because it could be a future episode. I prefer the studio version to the live version of this. You do? This, yes, I do. I do. Yeah. Yes, and I think the reason why it's probably the same reason why I prefer Firehouse. The production on this album is so. Wait, 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 wait. You were saying that you like the. The studio on this, you said, yes, which is, and I and I just said I like the studio version of Firehouse too, better really? than yes, yes. Then you're, um, like I thought maybe I misheard all the other stuff. No, oh, wow, no. And the reason being is the production on this album is so crystal clear to the point where people may call it thin, that you can hear every. You can hear like every guitar chord crystal clear, every vocal crystal clear. And I just let, of course, I like the versions on a live. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, but I don't know. I, I, I like, I just, I like the studio version better. Now, obviously, the cold gin version on on the alive is, is good, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So I, the thing about cold gin is that riff, I hear that riff. That's, oh, me. Yeah. this is just me on so many other songs. I think it's, you know, I think it's one of the most recognizable and one of the best riffs there are. Absolutely. Uh, and so when I hear a- Ace's riff on Colgin, I think somehow it ends up a little bit on Shock Me. I think it comes out on um, two Van Halen songs, Best of Both Worlds and Black and Blue. And I also I hear it on Lit Up from buck cherry oh the whole the whole intro to buck cherry lit up is shock me just played yeah faster. which i feel is is taken yeah. from cold gin a little yeah yep. um and uh, so now we're up we're gonna go on to song five 
But, you know, the first four songs, you got a Gene and Paul written song, Strutter. You got a Gene song, Nothing to Lose. You got a Paul song written, Firehouse. You got an Ace song, Cold Gin. No Peter yet. But but think of, an, think of a band that has a debut album. We're not going to really, but just quickly, you know, while you're listening to this or whatever. A debut album with four absolute classics. Like legendary album classics, the first four songs. Some bands can do that, maybe the first one or two, maybe three. First four songs, stone cold classics for this band. And if you do figure it out, let me know. song love it was never really a huge fan of it i think i've kind of matured a little bit everybody listening to this show knows that we're mature when it comes to kiss and music <laughs> um i think it's a cool song you know um it comes from the uh you know the, the sunday driver song um you know that uh that gene came came with back when he was uh writing with his buddy pedophile steve <laughs> cornell <laughs> sorry steve petty um, but I, I like it. It's a fun song. Um, you know, it's not a huge hit. It's not a rocker. Um, but I think one of the, I think one of the cooler, the cool things is the end of the song, you know, known as the coda. Um, they kind of, they kind of move this over. They played at the end of she, when they do, I think it was on the, I think it's on a live when they do that. Yeah, um, it used to be on watching you, but they moved it to she. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. And I love, that's one of the coolest spots of the entire song. Um, but uh, it, it's a fun song. It's a, it's a, it's a light song. Put it that way. Okay. So for me, I rank this song higher than most because I really like it and yep. it sticks out because it's not an overplayed kiss song. Right. Um, you know where my nostalgia for this comes in? It comes in from the great and classic kiss exposed. Yep. Go ahead. When I first got kiss exposed and they were talking about it. And they did a little history thing and they talked about let me know. And I'm like, I didn't know that. This is when, like, you know, I was still like in junior high school getting that stuff. And I found all that shit fascinating. So I want to go back and listen to it. Yep. So to me, it's one of the first things I think about my my love of Kiss is Kiss Exposed and Kiss Exposed and them talking about Sunday Driver being the first song they did. What's also fascinating about it is 
This is the song which we talked about should be the first scene in, not the first scene, but definitely in the scene of a Kiss movie. Is that when Paul made Steve Petty introduce Paul and Gene, Gene's like, oh, you write music? Why don't you play me something? And, and Paul's like, what a fucking dick. <laughs> and Steve Petty. <laughs> and so Paul played Sunday Driver for him. And Paul, even Gene says it. That's when Paul Stanley thought Gene Simmons was an asshole. Yeah. You know, I, I was just, I wasn't being arrogant. I was just asking him to play me something. And no, I can you totally be- see Gene like, but I do believe that Gene had no idea that he was coming oh, yeah. across like an asshole. Yeah. Oh, cool. Kind of like he does now. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, you look like a dick. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Yeah. You, the fan, the are, going to play, <laughs> are going to play me a song and we're going to take this song. Anyways, um, the, the song Gene played for, uh, Paul played for Gene to shut him the fuck up was Sunday Driver, Let Me Know. I love, love the fact that this was the first of not enough of the back and forth Paul and Gene lyrics. Yeah, agreed. Yep we we oh. talk about we talk about that a lot. This song they do an excellent job of uh, exchanging vo- vocals back and back forth. Back and forth. This was awesome. Yeah, one of my favorite. I think when we did wink wink. If you want to listen to our previous episodes of Kiss uh, duets and multi vocalists that this got ranked higher because just that style it may not be as good of a song, but the way they went back and forth on this was excellent. Yep. Um, Absolutely. You know, love that back and forth. They added the bridge in the coder from when they did the whisket Lester version. And what I also like is a couple different things. If you really want to hear a great thing, go listen to you wanted the best that live album. Oh yeah. Yeah. They have a live version of what this was played like in the early seventies. When you hear it, it's almost like hearing history because in the middle of uh, let me know, they would do like an audience participation part and clap, clap. And when yep. you let me know, yep. And then when you let me know, and back and forth, and they continued that, and it just sounds awesome. And you know, they they talked about how they used to do that, and you can hear it on that on that live album. You wanted the best, and then I love, uh, you know, I just love, I I like the bass line in this, boom, 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 mm-hmm. and then Paul's. Let me in, honey. I th- oh, yeah. I, th- I think, like you said, I think one of the reasons there's a lot of love for this song from me and you, it's just, it's not overplayed. It's not beaten into the ground. Yeah. It's a song that's different, unique. It sounds great. And it's, you hear it when you choose to hear it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that's what makes it a special song off and this album. It's a good song. Right. It's plain and simple. It's a good song. Yep. Absolutely. So, that's that. Are you ready to do some kissing? Oof. Oh! 
That is Kissin' Time, uh, the cover by Bobby Rydell, who had a hit with that back in 1959. Um, Not included on the original album. Um, It wasn't added until two months after the album was released in February. Um, By the time April came around, the album wasn't selling. Um, And uh, Neil Bogart, who was a master of promotions and uh, bubblegum pop and all that kind of stuff, wanted to do some kind of... uh, some kind of uh, special kind of thing to uh, special what special what kind of bring some attention to the album. Um, so Zeus, what did he do to promote this song and try to kick the album in the ass? Um, he had a stripping contest. <laughs> there you go. He had a kissing contest in different cities, and yeah, and the gimmick was Kiss music would be played. They thought it'd be cross promoting with this song, and Kiss would come out. It was just silly, silly, bad, silly. Not the, the, everybody fucking hated it. Everybody hated it. The band hated it. Um, and they should have, cause the song is the, in my opinion, a massive dud on this album, real corny, real cheesy. You could see what they're trying to do with it. And it's just very, very hokey. And it's just, it's just bad. So the song was originally a Bobby Rydell song, top 20 yep. hit for him in 59, written by a guy named Cal Mann and Bernie Lowe. What I like about this is the band gets uncredited lyrics. They change the lyrics around because they're like, oh, we got to add New York because we're from New York. Oh, yeah. they, yeah, had they added, added, yeah. So they changed a lot of the cities and a lot of the stuff around, and they don't get any credit for it, but I think that's great. And they say they just kind of literally did it on the fly. Um, and I, I just, you know, to me, um, you know, you already talked about, you know, the gimmick you talked about the, did you talk about the album being re-released afterwards? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yep. so now you can look, if you find and you can Google it and go on eBay. Yep. I think they're being sold. The original kiss album without kissing time. I think you can get an LP like about three to $400 at this yep. point, like on yep. eBay. Yep. I, I saw one. Just now, I think there was only one though, but the guy didn't have the original album, but the the record itself was the original without it. Yeah. So you would have to match it with the album cover. Yeah. Um, but they go from anyone three to four hundred dollars to find that one without kissing time. Um you can also tell that this is this is a, a new band debut album, not really sure what they're doing. They don't they then they're in no position to say no. <laughs> you yeah. know, if they if they tried this later on, they would have been like, fuck off. Off. We're not doing this. Yeah, Neil Bogart told him they're going to use him for a commercial. They said, "Fuck it, release it." Yeah, exactly. So this did chart, though. This was the second uh, single, and this charted. It reached number eighty-three. Woohoo! Yeah, it boosted the sales of the album a little bit, but yeah. um, it says it wasn't added to the album until it was reissued in July of seventy-four. Correct. Yeah, and um, you know, for me. Like everything, you know, they always talk about Hot in the Shade. Too many songs. Cut the album down. I'm never cutting any Kiss song. Oh, I agree. I want all Kiss songs. Me too. Me too. I like this song. Oh, I like it. (laughs) I like it because there's, as I've said to you before, all you got everybody with the exception of Ace. You have the three guys going, all of them singing. Right? I love that. I love that they're all trading vocals. And I love Peter's vocals on this. I love him mm. screeching and stuff. No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. So, want to give us an intro of the next song? Do you know it? Oh, of course I know it. 
and I love it, and everybody should love it. Here we go. Get your grandma the fuck out of here. One of the best. I still absolutely can't get enough of the song. Love the studio version. Love the live version. Love every single thing. Just such a kick-ass song from top to bottom. Love it. Gene, it's just so goddamn good. I love everything about this song. One of my all-time favorites to this day still. One of the three songs on this album, I would say, um, that you could say, if you played this for anybody, you say music, musicianship, and everything else. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Not like, oh, these guys are just a gimmick band. Go play Deuce for somebody and tell me that's a fucking gimmick. And Ace's solo, badass solo. It just, oh, it's just so good. So it was the traditional opener for them for years. They finally went back to it again, right? Yep. yep. We all know about the fucking the dance in the middle of the set, back and forth, the swaying. Awesome. That Sean Delaney told them to do. Like, why don't you guys any choreograph that with them? Um, the bass line is from bitch, right? And the raspberries go all the way. Paul said he wrote that the opening rift into that to start it up. And you can but, you can hear that for sure when you hear that. Yep. Yep. Um you know, the song uh, was the song that Ace played when he tried out for them. They played Deuce and he said, why don't you come in on this? And that he- shows you and that shows you how ridiculously talented Ace is. They're like, yeah, we're going to play. We're going to play Deuce. Why don't you just jump in on it? And he just fucking burned the place down with his solos and his and his, and his lead guitar ability yeah. with this. And this is one of my favorite things. Gene says, lyrically, I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> Well, it's funny because then you go and pull up the some of the information in the. Um, how about you give me a little bit? How, how about you give me a little information? Then you pull up the, uh, the 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 booklet that comes with the box set. 
and that's when that's when he says, uh, you know, he 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 gets a little offensive, um, and he talks about how you know defensive. the man. The, what's that? Defensive. Well, he gets defensive, but then he says a couple things that could be deemed offensive as well. Okay. Um, when he talks about you know the man is working twice as hard, he comes home from work. Mm-hmm. You know, the wife is there waiting for him. You know, uh, you know, things change to this day, you know, maybe, you know, kind of, you know, so he, in, in the, in the box set book, he kind of gives a little bit of a early theory behind the song. I think he's probably trying to step away from that a little bit. I don't know. Um, hey, why don't you give your man a deuce? He's been working hard all day. Yeah. I mean, we've heard a couple different theories about what a deuce is. Some people say it's a blowjob. Some people say it's, I don't know. Some people fucking Cleveland steamer. Yeah, he gave him a fucking Pittsburgh platter for all we know. I don't know. <laughs> Dirty Sanchez. Exactly. Um, what you gives breakfast? <laughs> oh, the fucking rusty trombone. <laughs> oh, Ralphie reach around. Holy shit. <laughs> I knew we would devolve sooner or later. Anyways, anyways. It was it was all played as their opener for years, and then he dropped it in the middle seventies, late seventies, and then it came back in Hot in the Shade, yep. your favorite tour. Yep. And uh, well, no, they didn't open they didn't open up Hot in the Shade with this. No, but they started playing it. Back oh, I'm sorry. Tour. Yes, okay, I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. And they and they this was the opener on uh, the reunion tour, which I loved. Yeah, Gene says he wrote it on the bus. And my I like is when the opening days when they got. When they started playing their sets, when they ran out of songs and people would scream for more, they would come and play Deuce again as the oh yeah yeah a yeah. second time yeah because they had like no music. <laughs> I just have to add. Go ahead. Guitar. The bass line is the beginning of the Gene love affair of the boom. The oh, fucking yes. sliding bass. Yep. Boom. I love that. And that's, then um, that's awesome. The solo and the outro, and then in Gene, yeah. Yep, and the guitar just goes, oh my god, that is so. Tell me that that's a fucking gimmick band when you hear that. Give me a fucking break. It's funny. This is the seventh song on the album, and and as as much as we we've talked about all the other songs, we like love all of them for the most part. This to me is the first like real in your face kick ass rock song on the album. All yeah. the other songs are good, and they all have a hard good- rock. Right, and they all have a good groove and a swagger. This one is like an actual like kick-ass yep. hard rock song. Yep. And then and then go ahead, fall in love. That's love theme from Kiss. <laughs> um, 
if you if if anybody out there if you have Kissology, go and watch them play this because when that when when they play it with uh, Acrobat, it's on the box set. Um, it's it, it it's amazing because love theme from Kiss on its own as it appears on this album, it is what it is. It's 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 like seventies porno music. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I think I I think it's kind of cool. Um, it was originally seven minutes long. It started off with an instrumental. It went into the other section called "You're Much Too Young." Um, You're much too young. Yeah. Um, you know, Acrobat becomes love theme from Kiss. Then it went off into a Detroit Rock City riff. Um, there's a lot. Uh, 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 um. What? Which Paul ripped off, but never gave me credit oh, for. Yeah, exactly. Of course, they still have to fight. Does somebody have a fucking issue? Like, they oh. don't let shit go. Never. Nope. Nope. Oh. Now, this version is whatever. Um, but I would definitely check out the version on the box set and on Kissology. And another little cool thing about this, if you have the CD, it says love theme from Kiss, and they, they rewrite Kiss in the font the the kiss lettering font um on the on the track listing it's a cool little uh artistic thing they did there so yeah love right. theme, love theme from kiss that's it i remember i'll never forget the first time i heard this i'm like what the fuck am i listening to right yeah, now i guess there was in some sofia coppola muse uh movie called somewhere yeah i would throw that in there no What's idea wrong with them i don't know um and then it was like you know we all know it was a fucking long song and thank god they cut it what are you what are you eating a bag of doritos no you why is that loud yes <laughs> you see this what is that it's, it's a fucking annoying cvs receipt that's <laughs> almost as tall as i am it's next to me it's from dude look at the size of this it's about as tall as i am it's seriously it's like three feet long <laughs> yeah it's for two amazon cards i got for christmas and now that my nephews have already used them. Well, I see some coupons there. Maybe we can raffle those off to our <laughs> listeners. Does anybody want a dollar off all beverages in the cooler? <laughs> $2 off anything by Kotex. <laughs> $2 off any $10 of any always. Isn't that tampons? <laughs> I cannot believe. We're not editing this out. This is staying in the episode. <laughs> well, well, was well, it making a lot of noise? I was just cleaning up while you were talking welcome welcome to the new segment where zeus and i review feminine hygiene products i'm just cleaning up my my injury (laughs) over here disturbing you no you're not disturbing me i thought you were like unwrapping like a fucking small italian sub or something no it was a fucking (laughs) cbs receipt it's like a fucking bridesmaids friggin uh veil huge Anyways, oh, that's all just, right, all just, right, we're done with this fucking love theme shit. All right. Oh, last thing I want to add here is Gene says that the bass solo sounds like a little bit of the break in the bass solo in my generation when they do the break my generation. Then oh, also yeah, yeah, John yeah, yeah. whistles like little bass when the band stops. Yep. Yeah, and that was the very common theme to call something a love theme. Apparently, in the seventies. Oh yeah. True. Right. That's true. Yep. Love themes, and that's that's what they would do for instrumentals. But yep. whatever, whatever. <sighs> I don't know. We could go on and on. It could go on for about how long? A hundred thousand years.
what a good song. Sorry to have taken so long. Yep. Speaking of long, fucking 12 minute version on Kiss Alive of this. (laughs) Holy fuck balls. Um, what do you think of the song on the studio album? I, this song, this song is weird for me. I'm conflicted with this song because there are parts of the song that I love. Like I love the intro. I love just that little bass and how it gets faster and faster. And then, Mm -hmm. and and then the drums Mm -hmm. kick. I, I, I love the solo. I don't like like the verses and the co- like, I, I don't like the, the, I don't like that flow of the song. It's kind of weird. It's just, I don't know. I love the thought of the lyric. I love the, the, it's, it must've been a bitch, but yeah. I don't get what he's saying. It must've been a bitch while I'm gone. While I was gone. Like while I was but, gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a little tangled there. Yeah. Yeah. It, Gene says he read a book called a hundred thousand years where a hundred thousand years ago, we were visited by aliens. I was reading all kinds of space and time continuing stuff, and it was all swirling in my head. And I started to think, what happens if you're an astronaut and you leave? Then he goes, I wrote it while I was working at the Puerto Rican Interagency Council. <laughs> With Juan Epstein? <laughs> Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, yeah, Thank I you. mean, I, I love it. I think the, I think this is iconic on the li- on uh, the live album. Um, it just Paul Stanley just riffing in, in his banter and the drum solo and just all kinds of crazy shit. If you haven't, if you listen to this show, you've heard the live version. Um, but that is just epic on kiss alive. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, the, 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 the drum solo is great. Um, I love the part when Gene says he said to Paul about, you know, the sp- space travel and all this other stuff and Paul said to him are you out of your mind what's a hundred thousand years yeah and he's like let's just try it they talk to each other like they're constantly trying to insult each other's intelligence probably yeah could you imagine being with somebody for 45 years and being like Dude, are you out of your fucking mind when someone talks to you like that? Oh my god! Um, well, I don't, I don't understand why why Paul was so upset. Like, like you haven't sung about other bizarre. You just had a song about anal sex. What's the problem with a hundred thousand years? Just yeah, Paul turns says, into a story. Paul says the song. The, Paul came up with the lyric, the melody. It's very Zeppelinish. Zeppelinish. I would agree with that. I can see yeah, some of the little Zeppelin, like the the last few Zeppelin albums, like a little bit of presence in in through the outdoor stuff like that. This song has a much darker vibe than the rest of the album. It's it's not it's not a very um, like upbeat like happy song. It's it's a it's a little bit darker. The tone of the song, I mean, like I said, it's got some it's got some kick ass segments, but as a whole, I don't really enjoy the whole song if that makes any sense uh, i think that's one of the toughest solos to play i was i don't remember how i did it i was in the ozone or something oh, oh fucking ace man of course you don't remember <laughs> and then peter peter i love you peter! brother calm, calm down peter solo says he's one of the best and one of the first heavy metal drum solos Okay, dude, have you ever heard of John Bonham, dude? You shut Peter, stop, yeah. stop. Hey, 
he embarrasses himself when he talks like that. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good song. Do you like it? Very good song. Do you like it? Very good song. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I think the solo, the outro is awesome. I love the bass line. Boom, 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 yep. boom. Now, let's get to Black Diamond. Go. Out on the street for a living. Pictures on the begun. Got your under there, done. podcast you will find that we will will review every kiss album every kiss song i am not sure that i can give any song more accolades than this so i always like to tell tom don't tell everybody this oh we gotta save it save it we gotta rank these we'll leave it to the end hard to you know hide my admiration for this song well, why don't you why don't you why don't you go? Why don't you go? Okay. Okay. Uh, Black Diamond is probably if one of the all-time greatest album closers, concert closers. Um it's it's just an absolutely spectacular song. You don't even have to be a Kiss fan is you, you just need to be a music fan, a rock fan. The intro to the song, that pause when Paul screams out hit it. The yep. band kicks in. Peter takes so it the song is just absolutely epic. Um it's just a terrific song and Zeus alluded to it earlier, God love Eric Singer, extremely talented player, but there's nothing like hearing Peter do this song. Yep, and Eric and Eric Carr as well, same thing. Um Gene says he brought the riff in. Um but it's it's written by Paul Stanley. Um, and I think we actually skipped over the last one. hundred thousand years was written by Gene and Paul. Yes. Uh, love theme was written by all four members. Technically it's an instrumental and obviously Gene, Gene wrote deuce, but black diamond. Um, Paul says he wrote it as a kind of like homage to brown sugar by the stones. So he did about another, uh, 
uh, hooker, uh, uh, black hooker instead of brown sugar. He calls it black diamond. It's about New York, the city, the life, the gritty atmosphere. And he said that, uh, you know, Peter needed a song and Peter was insistent on this song. And he says he's kind of glad it worked out because even Paul says it's a great song for him. Oh, he's absolutely Peter. It's just really just such a well-made rock song. I mean, from the intro all the way down to that crazy outro. Um, it's just a spectacular song. I mean, it really yeah. is. And and I, and I, it's weird to say this because we both been kiss fans of, you know, our whole life. And to think that all these years later, that I almost like this song more now than I ever have. And I don't know if that's seeing them in concert in the end of the road. I don't know, but it's just, I love it. I mean, how yeah. can you not, how can you not? Peter says, Eddie, Eddie Kramer told me I, Peter needs to sing this. Um, I know that Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins did saying this a couple times, cover this a couple times. I would love to hear what Pearl Jam's version sounds like. It'd be interesting that Pearl Jam, uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Mike McCready is a huge, a huge Kiss fan, so I, yeah. I could see that. But Black Diamond, it's just Peter's vocals. There's just something about it. It's just epic. It starts slow, gets hard. The music, the way it comes out, it just. Can't explain it, folks. It's just something. There's, it's magic. In my special. Opinion. It's a special song in the Kiss catalog for sure. Absolutely. Yep. So that's uh, Kiss, the debut album. Those are the ten songs. Uh, I know how we feel about it. Yep. So before we go further, we usually tend to um, break down the tracks, rank them. And then rank um, where this falls in so far in the albums that we have reviewed. And the album cover. Yeah. So let's start first with um, number 10 for you, Tom. Number 10 for me, Kissing Time. Really? Yep. You you might not like my list. It'll It'll be a little different than yours, which is good. Number 10 for me, love theme, porno theme from Kiss. Oh. Nine. That's that's my nine, love theme from Kiss. Mine is Kissing Time. Okay. Eight. Let me know. This is where you're going to go, what? Strutter. Oh, God almighty. At number eight? And the reason it's number eight... And I like the song a lot. That's where I put the other songs. That's the only reason. Okay. Seven. Hundred thousand years. Same for me. Okay. Six. Cold gin. Same for me. Interesting. Five. Nothing to lose. Oh. Let me know. I okay. had it that high. Okay. Yeah. Uh four for you. Firehouse. Woo! Gene's ass set the house on fire at number four for me. Oh, okay. Three. Strutter. Yeah, that's the one, the big difference between you and I. Number three for me? Yep. Deuce. Ooh, at number three. Yep. One and, one and two were hard for me, but I had to go with my heart. So, 
It's tough, but number two, I got Black Diamond. I knew you would go there. I knew it. If I put money down, I would say that. Yep. Number two for me is nothing to lose. Number one. Deuce. For you? It's Deuce. Yeah. Deuce. Where did for you have me? Where did you have Deuce? For me, three. I'm sorry. For me, number one, it's not even a question. It could be my number one song of all kiss. I knew you'd have the Peter songs. Black one, Diamond. Too. Yeah. And Black Diamond could be, I mean, Nothing to Lose could be a top five song of mine of all time, too. I knew those would be there for you, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's how we rank them individually. Now, Tomas. Well, let's go to the albums. Yeah. Let's go to album covers. Okay. So album covers, Tom. We have reviewed, these are the following albums we've reviewed. Dress to Kill, Rock and Roll Over, Gene Simmons, Unmasked, Animalized, and Psycho Circus. You have ranked in order Rock and Roll Over, Gene Simmons, Dress to Kill, Unmasked, Psycho Circus, Animalize. Yep. Where is Debut Go? We're talking album cover. Right. Album cover. I'm still partial to Rock and Roll Over. And because I love the iconic solo albums and Gene is my man, that's going to stay at number two. I am, and I, because Dress to Kill is one of my favorite albums and that, this is tough. Now this is getting tough, but I am going to put the debut album at number four behind Dress to Kill and ahead of Unmasked. Got it. What about you? What about you, Booker? Combing the high high schools all day. I had Rock and Roll Over, Gene Simmons, Dress to Kill, just like you did. Psycho Circus Unmasked Animalize. This is quite okay. simple for me. I'm the same way as you. I'm putting it in number four. Okay. It's definitely nice. below the first three. Rock and Roll Over, Gene Simmons, and Dress to Kill. Um, Kiss Debut is number four, then Psycho Circus Unmasked and Animalized. Okay. Now comes the hard part. Album ranking. Again, we had Dress to Kill, Rock and Roll Over, Gene Simmons, Unmasked, Animalized, Psycho Circus. Tommy, you have in order as best albums. Dress to Kill, Rock and Roll Over, Unmasked, Gene Simmons, Animalized, Psycho Circus. Man, this is ugly. But I am going to have to bump Rock and Roll Over down to number three. And I'm going to put the debut album at number two behind Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill is still number one for me. Okay, so Dress to Kill, debut album, Rock and Roll Over, Unmasked, Gene Simmons, Animalize, Psycho Circus. Yep, tough call. Um, Tough, tough, tough call right there, but got to make it. Okay, Um, I have... Rock and Roll Over, Dress to Kill, Animalize, Cycle Circus, Gene Simmons Unmasked. Um, guess what, Tomas? I'm with you. It's okay. going into number two. Okay. I'm bumping down Dress to Kill. Ooh. So Rock and you- Roll Over, Kiss, Dress to Kill, Animalize, Cycle Circus, Gene Simmons Unmasked. Okay, so our top three are similar. It's the it's the other ones that we kind of get thrown out of order. Yeah, the top three are just in different orders, with two being 
one and three are opposites. Yeah. Rock and roll over and dress to kill. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's where we're at. Tough. Um, yeah. This is not the more albums we do. We're, uh, this is going to get interesting for sure with the artwork in the, in, in the album itself. Meanwhile, me and Tom are actually keeping track of our favorite tracks. We're putting the songs in rather than just taking a blank sheet and just be like, okay, put all the kiss songs in order. If we do it this way, I think it helps. We're doing it every time we do an album review. We go in and put the songs. Yes, I need so, to go. I need to go in and update my list for yeah. sure because yeah. because of because eventually that'll be a mega production of an episode. To well, that'll probably be broken down into parts. No, no, it's easy. Well, it's the way we would do it is we'd be doing top twenty. We're going twenty at a time. Oh, we'll I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right? you're right. Yep, you're right. I think that's the easiest way to do it. Okay. Um, so, anything else we need to cover as far as the album goes? Man, I, I mean, I don't know what to, what there is to say other than, I mean, you know, if you, you're listening to us, you're a Kiss fan. If you're a Kiss fan, you love this album. I mean, I, I, I struggle to hear any complaints about this album. The only thing that I could think of, if you're going to make any kind of complaint, is the production. Yeah. Some people some people might say it's a little thin. It's not as thick and heavy as some of the later albums, and I understand that. It, it's 1974. The producers were new to the game. The kiss kiss was new to the game. Paul even comments on the production. Um, but other than that, you can't argue with the quality of, of this album. Yeah. Um, I would say the same thing. Uh, the only comments I would say is there's a couple weaker tracks for some, not me. Kissing time is weak for most. Yep. And I love theme is just re- stupid to be on there. It, it, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, stupid. So... Other than that, the other ones are just classics. I mean, I had Strutter that low, and Strutter is a classic. I know. That's insane. But it's tough. I know. You're a Peter guy, and I I see we we went with that. So Yeah. Um, And a lot of it is, and the only other thing that we failed to mention, I don't know if we mentioned it enough, there's a major fatigue factor in all these songs. Oh, Well, I brought that up a little bit with Cold Gin. Yeah, that was it was it's funny because that's pretty much the only one where I kind of address the fatigue factor. Yeah, because, yeah, we've heard Deuce a thousand times. We've heard Black Diamond a thousand times. But I think the quality of those songs for me is so much better than Cold Gin that I'm not tired of them. Whereas Cold Gin is a good song, but I'm like, eh, I'm I'm all, it, I'm, I'm all set. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and I'm all set with the hundred thousand years. 11 minute version of Paul. Do you, how many of you believe in rock and roll? Oh God. Do you feel right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. That's the other part. A hundred thousand years, like a three and a half minute song, four minute song. I'll take it. Right. Right. And no, you're I'll right. The fucking po- the fucking Peter fucking solo. I'm oh, not no. into solos. Drum no, solo. no, 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 I agree. Oh no, no, no. Don't talk to me about cranberries. Uh, <laughs> Are they all jammed up in there? <laughs> jammed up with those blueberries. There's, there's plenty of blueberries, sir. <laughs> How is he, anyways? How is, How is he? that big muffin ass <laughs> bastard? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. So, let's uh, let's go. Do you have any? Uh, move on to question. You have a question for us this week? Yes. I don't want this episode to be too long. So just, what do you got for us? Yeah, we got we got. So this comes from Andy Locke on Twitter. Okay. Uh, he said, um, I'm a huge Kiss fan and a huge wrestling fan. Having Jericho on your show was incredible. So right. in the spirit in the spirit of wrestling, my question is this. If you were a wrestler, what KISS song is your walkout music 
And what Kiss song title would you use to name your finishing move? Like your power move, like your move. So, um, st- so what would you I, come out with? I would come out to War Machine like some other wrestlers have done. Okay. Um, what would I call my finishing? Maybe I would call it the War Machine. Maybe the Destroyer. Um, okay. The God of Thunder. Uh, I don't know. Um, God, now you're going to make me look. Oh, go ahead. Say something while I look. I would come out to Almost Human. Love Gun song. I would come out slow with like a slow song. Um, almost Human would be me. And then my move? The Shandy? I don't know. Maybe my move will be The Hooligan. <laughs> or maybe my move. Maybe my move will just be... Um, Dance all over your face like that. Oh no, he just put him in the let's put an X in sex. He just put him in the X and say, Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. Danger us. Or he put him in the uh I got it. Oh, oh uh, no, he just put him in the parasite. Or, or or he could be like, oh no, here comes the sweet pain. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's the radioactive move. Yeah, he could do that. Right? Yep. I don't know. I would probably say the, the God of Thought. I mean, not the God of Thought. I would probably say the War Machine. Um, something War, like that. Yeah, War Machine definitely going to be your, your move. But and no. the song they come out to. Nope, that's a good one, though. Andy, thank you for uh, for listening and for being yeah. a fan. That, that was That's a fun one. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so we're on to 2020. So if you want and want to help us out, please go to where people can go and leave reviews. And you can do that on podchaser.com and iTunes. Um, when you leave reviews, people give us um, those five star child reviews. Other pod, other people can find us. We move up in the rankings. We get out to more and more people and kiss army expands, which is what we like. Um, People can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, there's some guy out there all of a sudden, Tommy, that's commented on 15 other things. Speaking of people that we're, we're not sure if they're uh, mentally stable or not, there's somebody that just like started commenting, and half the comments are like, Dude, we got our first they, hater. We, I don't know if he's our... hating us, hate listening, us. Dude, but then he's listened to all our episodes. All of a sudden, he, he he's he's binging our episodes on YouTube and leaves us comments, and I can't tell if, if he's trolling us or if he truly is like not doesn't like us, which I think is hilarious because there was one episode where he actually called us, and I don't know where he's from because I've never heard anybody in America use this as an insult. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard it. He called us twat waffles. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> I've heard that before, though. Um, and and, and then, then he was bitching about us saying he's like, Jesus Christ, Paul's not getting a lift. It's 90 percent lip syncing like he. But I, I look forward to it because he listened. I mean, God love him. He's listened to our episode, so he must like us. But yeah. every episode, he just has something negative to say about us on this yeah. show. So, hey, God love you, babe. Wish you luck in the future. <laughs> yeah. Say a prayer, fruitcake. Exactly. Um, don't forget, you can email us at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Um, I had a couple I wanted to read, but I don't want this episode to go too long. We'll save one. 
No, this one is from uh, Tony. And if I can pronounce it correctly, his, Tony's last name is Musalem. Um, and he is the guitarist from Restrained. Yep. And he, the title is Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Hey, guys. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and that you and your families are doing well. I just want to thank you for the many shout-outs you've given me and my band over the past few episodes. And here's another. Uh, I really appreciate the support. When I first heard Zeus say, and fucking Tony Musalem, I almost spit my coffee all over my windshield. You totally caught me off guard and had me absolutely dying driving to work. By the way, I'd still take AC's goofy torpedo girl over save your love any day. Oof. Even my brother agreed that song is bad. Well, oh, Jesus, if your brother agreed, it, then okay, then that, yeah. that we're done, Tony. We'll shut yeah. down shop. No more opinions. Over so Tony, Tony wins. and his brother, uh, his brother agreed. We're done. Final episode. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All he needs to tell us is that he got Bill Clinton to agree. And then we're done. I agree. <laughs> I need to hear more of that bitch song. Save your love, motherfuckers. <laughs> I love the, that torpedo girl. Ooh, I give many girls my torpedo. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I shove my torpedo in Monica's fat ass. Oh, here we go. Anyways, seriously, guys, I love listening to your podcast. I look forward to catching the new episode every week. In between you episodes, I have been going backwards through your catalog, getting caught up on all the past podcasts. I must say, you can really hear the growth from your earlier episodes, the most recent ones. Growth in the production value and standards. I don't think we have any standards, but uh, and that is not you guys personally. You're the same babbling idiots as when you started, and I love you for it. Keep up the great work. Wishing you continued success in 2020. Much love to you guys. Tony. P.S. I would like to send you some restrained stuff. Please send me some shirt sizes and addresses. Um, oh. I'm I'm a boys medium uh, <laughs> because I'm all jacked up right now. And uh, Tommy's a uh, triple XL. No, not, I'm not triple. <laughs> we'll we'll get that to you later, Tony. But other people out there, you guys should be listening to Restrained, getting into their music. You'll love it. Um, and then ordering some of the restrained products from Tony directly too. Uh, you guys uh, have to give them a chance. And I, if you do and you don't like it, I'll give you back your money guaranteed. Since you didn't give me any money, that means it's guaranteed because I didn't give I didn't get, you don't exactly. get it. Either. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. But, so, but, but I want to, but thank you, Tony, for those kind words, hearing things like that. It makes the show that much more, fun for us and um you know we appreciate you and the support that you've given us and our friend ed at click t shop um you know getting some products for from him so we we really appreciate that um and zeus real quick before we wrap up with famous last words i have one quick uh little message of kind oh, wait, 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 kind wait, wait. one oh, last thing ahead. too you yeah, don't go forget ahead. Our, our uh sponsors there uh Pan- pantheon podcast Absolutely. Yes. We always talk about Pantheon podcasts and uh, how we're very happy to be a part of their podcast family. Right. Ton, ton of music podcasts, um, rock, pop, all different kinds of things. They just added a couple of new ones. Um, please check them out online. Uh, they're on all the social medias, Pantheon podcasts. 
Um, again, happy to be, uh, grouped with them. Excellent shows, excellent hosts. Um, so check them out for sure. Not just us, but all those other shows. Yep. And a quick, a quick hello. I want to give a quick shout out to our buddy, Daryl, who does all our marketing, uh, videos that he does for us that he, he did, he replayed, uh, the whole Jericho bubbly one for us with, with the kiss alive cold gin bit from Paul. So I, that was another great one. So Again, shout out to uh, our good friend Daryl Alber. Go yep. ahead, Tom. So we got a I got a Twitter message today from uh, one of our good Twitter friends that everybody out there should know, Tom Dust, who oh, yeah. huge huge Kiss fan. Um, he posts a lot of videos of him uh, doing his riff of the day. Yeah, um, big big fan, and uh, he sent us some kind words that I just wanted to share and thank him for that. Uh, and he said, here's to the continued success for you and Zeus with the podcast in 2020. It has been a blast hearing it evolve. You guys are naturals. Thank you for the many hours of entertainment during my torturous daily commute. Tom, thank you so much for that. Um, we know that you're a huge Kiss fan and you checking us out and being a fan. Uh, that's what it's all about. We really appreciate that. And keep the, keep up those uh, those videos, with especially with the dog of thunder who likes to interfere with your videos. We love that, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tom. We do appreciate it. That's awesome. And to Tony and to Daryl and to all the shouted out loud cast uh, listeners and fans. So um, let's end 2020 on a good note. Uh, 2000, uh, the end of our first episode in 2020 on a good note. Famous last words. Honey, don't put your man behind his years. And baby... Stop crying all your tears. Baby, do the things he says to do. Do it! <laughs> that Paul gets me. Do it! Uh, I love every it. time. Um, she's like bad weather, but it seems so good. You'd never leave her, but you know you should. Excellent. Bravo. Thank you, Kiss Army. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, everybody out there. We appreciate it as always. Enjoy and uh, happy new year to everybody out there. Thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92%? Because of a bike? 
not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 